Greetings and welcome to the July 10th edition of Reading Through the Bible in a Year from Mighty Through God. Today I'll be reading 1 Chronicles chapter 9 and 10, Acts chapter 27, verses 21 through 44, Psalm 8, Proverbs 18, verses 23 and 24. And today I'll be reading from the New International Version, and I will read Psalm 8 from the King James Version. All Israel was listed in the genealogies recorded in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. They were taken captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. Now, the first to resettle in their own property in their own towns were some Israelites, priests, Levites, and temple servants, those from Judah, from Benjamin, and from Ephraim and Manasseh, who lived in Jerusalem, were Utai, son of Amihud, the son of Omri, the son of Imri, the son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah, of the Shilonites, Asiah, the firstborn of his sons, of the Zerahites, Jewel, the people from Judah, numbered 690, of the Benjamites, Salu, son of Meshullam, the son of Hodaviah, the son of Hasanua, Ibniah, son of Jeroam, Elah, son of Uzai, the son of Mikri, the son of Meshullam, son of Shephatiah, the son of Raoul, the son of Ibnijah. The people from Benjamin, as listed in their genealogy, numbered 956. All these men were heads of their families. Of the priests, Jediah, Jehorib, Jachin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, the son of Meshullam, the son of Zadok, the son of Marioth, the son of Ahitub, the official in charge of the house of God. Adiah, son of Jeroam, the son of Pasher, the son of Malchiah, and Masai, son of Adiel, the son of Jezerah, the son of Meshullam, the son of Meshillameth, the son of Emmer. The priests, who were heads of families, numbered 1,760. They were able men, responsible for ministering in the house of God. Of the Levites, Shemaiah, son of Hashab, the son of Azikram, the son of Hashabiah, a Merorite, Bakbakar, Harash, Galal, and Mataniah, son of Micah, the son of Zikri, the son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, the son of Galal, the son of Jedathan, and Berechiah, son of Asa, the son of Elkanah, who lived in the villages of the Netophahites, the gatekeepers, Shalom, Akub, Talman, Ahiman, and their fellow Levites. Shalom, their chief being stationed at the king's gate on the east, up to the present time. These were the gatekeepers belonging to the camp of the Levites. Shalom, son of Korah, the son of Abiasaph, the son of Korah, and his fellow gatekeepers from his family, the Korahites were responsible for guarding the thresholds of the tent, just as their ancestors had been responsible for guarding the entrance to the dwelling of the Lord. In earlier times, Phineas, son of Eleazar, was the official in charge of the gatekeepers, 
and the Lord was with him. Zechariah, son of Meshelamiah, was the gatekeeper at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Altogether, those chosen to be gatekeepers at the thresholds numbered 212. They were registered by genealogy in their villages. The gatekeepers had been assigned to their positions of trust by David and Samuel the seer. They and their descendants were in charge of guarding the gates of the house of the Lord, the house called the Tent of Meeting. The gatekeepers were on the four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their fellow Levites in their villages had to come from time to time and share their duties for seven-day periods. But the four principal gatekeepers who were Levites were entrusted with the responsibility for the rooms and treasuries in the house of God. They would spend the night stationed around the house of God because they had to guard it and they had charge of the key for opening it each morning. Some of them were in charge of the articles used in the temple service. They counted them when they were brought in and when they were taken out. Others were assigned to take care of the furnishings and all the other articles of the sanctuary, as well as the special flour and wine and the olive oil, incense, and spices. But some of the priests took care of mixing the spices. A Levite named Mattathiah, the firstborn of Shalom, the Korahite, was entrusted with the responsibility for baking the offering bread. Some of the Kohathites, their fellow Levites, were in charge of preparing for every Sabbath the bread set out on the table. Those who were musicians, heads of Levite families, stayed in the rooms of the temple and were exempt from other duties because they were responsible for the work day and night. All these were heads of Levite families, chiefs as listed in their genealogy, and they lived in Jerusalem. The Genealogy of Saul Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Makkah, and his firstborn son, Abdon, followed by Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gador, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shemim. They too lived near their relatives in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish, Kish the father of Saul, and Saul the father of Jonathan, Malchishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. The son of Jonathan, Meribbaal, who was the father of Micah, the sons of Micah, Pithon, Melech, Tareah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Elameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. And Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Benia. Raphiah was his son, Eleasa his son, and Azel his son. Azel had six sons, and these were their names. Azrakem, Bakera, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Chapter 10 Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, 
Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and abuse me. But his armor-bearer was terrified and would not do it, so Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died, and all his house died together. When all the Israelites in the valley saw that the army had fled and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled, and the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They stripped him and took his head and his armor and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news among their idols and their people. They put his armor in the temple of their gods and hung up his head in the temple of Dagon. When all the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men went and took the bodies of Saul and his sons and brought them to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones under the great tree in Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. Acts chapter 27, beginning with verse 21. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen, just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. On the fourteenth night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight the sailors sensed they were approaching land, they took soundings and found that the water was a hundred and twenty feet deep. A short time later they took soundings again and found it was ninety feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last fourteen days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. 
After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a, with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Psalm 8 from the King James Version for the director of music according to Gittith, a Psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who hast set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightst still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visiteth him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Proverbs 18, verses 23 and 24. The poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so concludes the reading for July 10th. Be blessed and thanks for listening. And tune in tomorrow for another edition of Reading Through the Bible in a Year.